what's the kind of word on the street with the homies? Like, what are they? <laughs> what are all the riders well, kind well, of thinking about it? It's nice if the FBI tell you things sometimes before they put it into effect. Under the saddle. Well, here we are. We're back. It's a brand new season of Under the Saddle, and we've got so many exciting guests coming up. Now, if you're listening on any of the usual podcast outlets, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or I mean, there's so many of them, but if you wanted to watch a video version, then don't worry. Brand new for this season, we're doing a video version, and you can find that on my YouTube channel. So just search Adam Cromarty. And no matter how you listen or watch, make sure if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button because you won't want to miss any of the conversations uh, that'll be here. And we're hoping to do an episode every single week. So hit subscribe. Right, let's get this episode underway though. And we're going to be in conversation with a young rider. Uh, He's called Harry Charles. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was on the winning Nations Cup team at Hickstead just last weekend. He's been to the Olympic Games. He's been to World Cup finals. His whole family involved with the sport. Harry, first of all, thank you so much uh, for agreeing and for being our first guest on this season of Under the Saddle. Um, Let's start off then about maybe growing up as Harry Charles, because obviously your family's involved with the sport. So what was it like as a child and kind of growing up? Yeah, it's been ideal for sure. A big advantage having my dad in the sport, having done it all before been great to you know have my sisters alongside me so there's always been a few of us um it's yeah it's been a fantastic experience the whole way from ponies all the way junior young riders um to get now to the top level and have my sisters alongside me as well they're they're getting up there it's uh worked out i think uh, perfectly and my dad i think and no one could have done a better job than him so I would say it's been smooth sailing all the way, but um, to get here in this well, you know, short of a space of time is pretty incredible. Even now, it's hard to look back on, you know. Um, and having done so much at a, a sort of relatively early age, do you still kind of feel young? You know, you're still classed as a young rider. You've been to the Olympics, you've been to World Cup finals. Like, you've done pretty much everything. Yeah, I... I do feel, yeah, I do feel young. I mean, I'm 24 this year, so um, it has gone quick, though, as well, because I think my first time jumping up in was only 18, and it doesn't feel long ago at all. I guess so when you're doing shows week in, week out, you lose track of a lot of time and stuff. But I do feel like I've been actually, I've had a fair bit of experience now at the top level, but uh, I still feel a bit youthful, which is, which is good. Thank God. <laughs> Um, and for those that haven't maybe come across your sisters, kind of give us a quick overview of that sort of family tree, you know, your dad and your sisters alongside you. Yeah, so there's me, obviously I'm the oldest, and then you have Scarlett, who is a couple of years younger, and Sienna, who's again a couple of years younger than that. Um, they both did their first five-star show of House of like a few weeks ago. We were actually all on the same team, which is really nice. And then me and Sienna representing the British team again in Dublin next, next weekend, so... Um, they get themselves finding their feet at top level, and uh, hopefully you'll hear their name a lot more in the near future. And has your relationship with them changed? You know, like when you were growing up and little, did you used to kind of fight all the time, and now that you're kind of a bit older, you're supportive, or has it always been fairly level? Yeah, no, we've all got on good. We've always had a little few arguments here and there when we were younger, but now we're 
pretty similar age. We all um, we all want the same thing for each other. So uh, it's it's great to have them. You know, you can bounce ideas with them and find a lot of the yard scars. Yeah, I can ride my horses or vice versa. Um, it's just always great having family as support. You never go. Do you find you have different like different strengths? Is there one that's kind of better at flat work or? One that's better with kind of sharper horses, or um, yeah, for sure. We all have a different. We all three different riders at the end. Um, Scarlett's a good sail rider, you know. They seem to get sold very well with her on, so uh, she's she's really handy for that. And Sienna also sharper horses, smaller horses. Just she means she can ride pretty much anything anyway, but those maybe more suited to her. And that leaves you then. So, what's your what's your strength? Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm a bit heavier, so I have to take the bigger horses normally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sort of growing up, and uh, obviously your dad was at the Olympics. Do you sort of remember any of that? Yeah, I remember it very well. Actually. Um, obviously, it was. I think the highlight of, uh, but I think the highlight of the sport really for. Uh, uh, country to win their home Olympics in the ring. Um, as an athlete, you can't, I don't think, get any better than that in any sport. So um, to have done that, and especially I think for my dad to go on a horse, maybe not at the time, at that level, and didn't have a great start, wasn't super impressive in, through the middle days, and then to go in the ring and have to jump the clear when uh, it hadn't been done yet but for a week. Was a uh, yeah, pretty amazing mindset and focus. Everything it was very impressive. Even you go back and watch the video now, it still gives you chills. So. What was it like going back to school on Monday after that? You know, was everyone kind of supportive and, and sort of knew it was happening? Or yeah, no, I had a lot of like guys even in like year above me and you know, like posting on my Facebook and. Yeah, I was popular for a week, so when I came back to school Monday, so I thank my dad for that. I'm sure you made the most of it. Yeah, he came in to do an assembly as well, so, to the whole school. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I read that last weekend when you were at Hickstead, that was the first time that you'd been on a winning Nations Cup team, which almost seems unbelievable because of and all the other stuff that you've done. Is, is that really the first time you've been on a winning team for Nations Cups? Yeah, we won a we won a juniors one. We won a pony nation. I don't think we won a junior nations cup. Maybe we won a pony nations cup back in the day, but no, our first ever senior one. Um, had a few double, double players and stuff, and we've been second a few times, but never seemed to get over the line. So perfect one to have done it. At. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever get used to that kind of feeling as riding as a team? That kind of extra extra pressure. Yeah, I, I love it. It's. You can't really compare it to anything else we do in the sport. Um, it, you know, you have the global tour and you can ride part of that team, but it's not sort of thing. Um, riding for your country is the greatest honour you can have. So, and it's a great team spirit now in the British camp. You know, we have turned it around from the past few years, and it's going in a good direction. I mean, obviously, you did very well, but John Whitaker. I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's riding just as well now as he ever did, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't get to see him in his, you know, on Milton in those days, but if he was any better than he is now, he'd have been very dangerous, I imagine. So, 
his riding now is unbelievable for his age. And uh, as far as I know, he's going to keep keep continuing long into the future. And what have the kind of big highlights been for you? Um, I think the Olympics probably is still the biggest one. Um, I think the medal at Weg as well is up there, and and winning the World Cup in London was individually my greatest achievement. I think uh, was a dream day. Yeah. When you went out um, to the Olympics, did you did you sleep bef- the the sort of night before? Did you wake up kind of feeling different to to any other show? Not really. I mean, it felt very different already because we were stuck in a hotel room already and weren't allowed to do much. A lot of rules and regulations. Um, but treated it very much like the show. I mean, it was you were going to the show, you see everyone you knew. There was no crowd. Um, we didn't have our phones really. We were off social media a bit. So, yeah, it felt just like uh, nearly like a training show. But obviously, you, you, knew, you knew the pressure was there and... Um, yeah. Stakes were a bit higher. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was an amazing experience. So, do you feel you've actually had your first proper Olympic experience then? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, in terms of like, we go for the kitting out day and opening ceremony and all that stuff and Olympic Village. We didn't get up to do all that, but uh, definitely experienced the highs and lows of it and the pressure that come came with it. So, I thought so, anyway. And what about the new Olympic format? Are you a fan of the teams of three? Uh, I prefer it as four. I can understand for the public it, it is, it, and it is more exciting. I know people say, but it is more exciting to watch. And whether it's the best thing for the horses and riders, maybe not. But I think the way it is going into the Paris next year is a lot better than I had it in Tokyo and this new rule with the elimination is actually a good thing as long as you have people who do not live talking about and doing you know it's doing that elimination um, so we don't see you know a couple of the same things we saw in Tokyo but um, in terms of entertainment and public viewing I think three, three is, is, is more exciting but I would prefer four yeah, in terms of that elimination rule, um, I know it's something that Laura Crichton and Nick Skelton have been quite vocal about, um, you know, saying that we need to have the correct people uh, in the judges' box to be able to do that. But I think really that rule is more about, you know, horse welfare. I think it's, it's going to be fairly evident. I think, you know, for a judge to ring the bell, it's going to have to be fairly evident, isn't it? It's not going to be a kind of borderline thing. Yeah, it is. And... Um- I mean, we can go back to Tokyo and there was one round, I'm not going to want to say, but we, as riders, in the stands could all see what was about to happen and I think in that situation it would have been very uh, clear for and understandable for the judge to ring the bell. And You know, you see it sometimes now in some shows, you know, you have five, six jumps down. I think it's very fair for, an, for a judge to call, call you out of the ring and say, it's not your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, and I think public perception is going to be a, a huge part of the sport as it continues. Um, you know, anytime yeah, you yeah, see yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of grand national or whatever, there's always like a, a big outcry. And I think that is going to filter down, isn't it? Yeah, especially at you at the Olympics, it's the biggest stage in the world. Um, and unfortunately for us as well, 
show jumping event in Gretage and it's pentathlon, which thankfully doesn't have horse in it. All fun people see a horse and it kind of we all get put under the same bracket, which is um can be a bit annoying sometimes. So um, and obviously you're the number one ranked under twenty five at the moment. Um, you've been there for such a long time. How important are world rankings to you? Is that something you kind of really focus on or is it more about just doing the best job with the horse? Yeah, the world rankings is something you really, it's nice to look at and stuff. And obviously it helps a lot for the shows. Um, say if you're in really the top 35, you're pretty good because you can pretty much go to any show you want. So um, then obviously above that, there's a top 10, which actually only for Geneva you get to jump one special class, but which is a very special class, which we all want to do, but um, it's it's so hard, you know, to face the ranking and you can soon, you know, get quite quickly despondent and stuff when it, you're losing points and not, and so uh, just try and focus show by show and you do that, the ranking takes care of itself, but like you said, it's, it's, it's very nice to look at, just give you a, a good smile when you see it. Is there one rider on that list in particular that you think might be about to kind of push you off or is there one you have to worry about? Uh, I think, to be honest, the two guys, Jill and Schmitzi, have been battling it out like second and third as well. They keep switching over, so uh, they're probably the closest. Pender as well is uh, pretty well well, well going strong. So, um, But no, hopefully they don't. Hopefully that's... Stay there till the end of uh, next year, which is my end of my twenty-five year career. Under twenty-five, yeah, that that would be really nice. Hopefully not. They can stay there. They can stay a bit lower. Well, you've got a great string of horses at the moment. Would you say this is the kind of best string you've ever had? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Um, Sure, I've got two fantastic owners in Stalzet and and Thompson, and uh, we've got some great horses in the stable. We have a breeding program coming along now, so. uh, Two really exciting younger horses for next year as well. So yeah, it, it's really, really exciting, and um, just long may it continue. You, just, you know, you never know. Got to take each day as it comes and enjoy, enjoy everyone. Baluda Revenson. <laughs> yeah, no brainer for me. Uh, having ridden him and seeing him every day in the stable, his temperament. Uh, he sees a few of his offspring coming up there now, and yeah, for me, he's the perfect stallion. He's a real modern type as well. Uh, is there kind of certain qualities you look for? Well, he's just, he's an absolute beauty. He is, I think, the perfect horse. Great size, great, great build, enormous scope, super careful, and amazing temperament. You wouldn't think he's a stallion, but he is always forward. Always, uh, and such a fighter. That's so uh, I think he has everything like that. And um, we talked about the Nations Cup a bit earlier. Obviously, you were part of the winning team last week, and obviously that format's now changed as well. And Hickstead have have lost their official Nations Cup. Yeah. Do you think that's something that the riders? I mean, what's the what's the kind of word on the street with the homies? Like, what are they? <laughs> what are all the riders well, kind well, of thinking about it? It's nice if the FEI tell you things sometimes before they put it into effect. We all sit down in Geneva each year, and every year we seem to get told what we're going to happen for the next year without any say, any consultation. And in the end, it gets very frustrating. Uh, they, they 
preaching about this new Nations Cup, which maybe maybe it will be great, you know, because for sure there's more money in it, which is good. It needed to be happening, you know, with the Rolex shows and global tours having so much more money than the Nations Cups. But to cut out such historic shows, such as like Faustabo, uh, Hickstead, it's unfair to the organisers who have stood by the FEI and stood by their product for so many years to suddenly just cut them out like that. Um, I don't agree with it at all. I mean, the Americans have to fly a team to the UAE for one week. Absolutely bonkers. Um, oh, sorry, I was just going to say that's, that was the interesting one for me because that, that venue and that show, from what I know, I think they've run a Nations Cup before, but it wasn't even like a Division One. You know, it was a lower level Nations Cup and now they've got <laughs> one of the one of the four. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing we are because you only have two venues in Europe and Barcelona. You have one in the UAE, uh, UAE sorry, Middle East, sorry, and then you have one. So, when the whole season in summer is pretty much in Europe, it's just, it's going to be annoying to take a, it's not even going to be a week out, you're going to have to take two weeks out. I just, they seem to think it's a great idea, so let's see if they're right. See how it works out. Do you think it'll affect the young riders as well? Because I mean, these teams are going to have to be the the absolute A team because all 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 scores count, all points count. Absolutely, but I don't think there's any way for a young rider in the global tour without a load of money to break through. Um, most of the under twenty fives are pay riders, unfortunately. We've got a few guys who you know uh, well horsed up and can get in, but yeah, the Nations Cup should really if, if if a young guy came along with one really good horse. He had the opportunity because there was quite a few of them, but now only being two in Europe, you know, there's less opportunity for sure, less opportunity. And um, thankfully, Rolex is such good supporters, and their Nations Cups are by far the best in the world. It would be great to see them do some kind of series, because uh, you've got Ark and you have Rome, you have Labour, Spruce Meadows, uh, Meadows, you have Brussels now as well. You have four amazing Nations Cups. So I think that all the riders would prefer them to come together and do a series and throw the FBI out. So. I would love to see um, Hickstead going green. We would all love to, yeah. And um, it would suit it well. So I'd hope for the Bun family they can figure something out and um, we're showing it to support it deserves because uh, it would be too big a shame for that to be the last Nations Cup in King George. And Rolex have been such big supporters of you as well. What was it like when you were kind of named as a as an ambassador? Yeah, it was amazing. It was pretty surreal. I was quite young and I didn't feel super deserving of it at the time when I saw especially the other list of riders. But um, hopefully now I've paid my dues a bit back and um, it's it's one of my greatest achievements, I think, in the sport, being part of that family, not just as the riders, but you look at all the other uh, sports testimonies it's pretty surreal so um what they've done for questions also is amazing you know the money's come way up the shows, every time you go to one of those shows it's you're walking into one of the best yeah you always know what you're getting don't you it's it's always yeah, the kind yeah, of elite, exactly. elite level um and with you being young do you have a kind of social life as well because it seems like you're always at shows yeah no i do i try very hard to um Sport can get very mentally tough and demanding, especially when it doesn't go well. Um, 
great to have good friends around you and very lucky where I live in England I can still see all my school friends regularly and uh, they all live in London so not too far away for me and it's nice as well to get away a bit from the sport and talk about you know real life, things in the real world as well but um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I got also great friends within Jack and stuff so I'm doing all right no no for sure and do you um have like a uh, sort of sports psychologist you work with or anything do you ever kind of struggle because obviously in our sport you kind of lose more than you win is that something you've had to work yeah, at yeah. or um yeah I think cause, I mean still not you know I want to go into every class sometimes and I want to win and it's not possible most of the time um and especially when I started doing the five star shows I get very frustrated you know because I really wanted to prove a, poor, a name for myself and just kind of show everyone I deserve to be there but the more I've going it's uh, yeah you don't have to it's not as people aren't thinking of it as much as you you think they are so um i've never worked as sports psychologist so but wouldn't be something i'm against and what's your plans for the future is there any kind of big ambition i'm assuming to follow in your dad's footsteps and get a gold medal yeah we have i mean we can talk next year the olympics and to win a medal with the team is is i think a goal for all of us um, and then going forward, you know, just to be honest, have a long, healthy career. Try and keep great horses under me, great people around me. Um, that would be good enough for me. So, Do you think you'll still be riding when you get to, to John Whitaker's age? Or have you got a kind no, of no, maybe be on a, a desert <laughs> island by then in the sun? No, I think, I don't think so. Uh, helping the kids out with something, hopefully. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Just before we let you go, we've got some uh, quick fire questions, if that's okay. Super. The first one is horse idol. So any horse, living, not living, someone else is yours. Uh, Scott Brash. As your horse? As a horse idol? As a horse idol. For me, explosion. Explosion. Ben Mayer's horse. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think we've had a bit of a spoiler on this, but you're uh, rider idol. Yeah, there you go, Scotty. Um, what is it about Scott? Why, why, why him? Um, to be honest, even when, when I was really, really young, um, already looked up to him when I was when I was in the um, young when I was in the Olympics and watching my father. He was kind of the young guy on the team, and so I was drawn to it. And just the style, his. Uh, You've got a bit of a flair in the ring and stuff and just fantastic to watch. Lucky to train with him a few times and yeah, like genius. And what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, just stay patient, really. It's as simple as that. It's I can get to one, one everything too fast, which is uh, can soon go wrong, so patient and what's the worst advice you've ever been given stay patient because <laughs> that's the worst thing you want to hear you know you want it so bad but no i'm joking that's it's the best advice the worst advice is yeah i don't know i try i try not to surround myself with people giving me bad advice so. Do you ever get bad advice from other riders when they're you're asking them like, "What did you get down that distance?" Or yeah, but I think they're telling you that because they don't want you to beat them. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Nations Cup Day, you never really ask the uh, other boys what they're doing because they tell you they're completely different. Um, and finally, what's uh, the biggest mistake you've ever made? Oof, dear me. Well, I made a lot, so um, <laughs> pick one is hard. I can't pick, I don't know. I've made a lot anyway, so. It keeps us grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super. Well, Harry, thanks so much. Um, And good luck with staying as the U25 number one until you're no longer eligible. That'd be nice. Thank you very much, Adam. Well, a big thank you there to Harry Charles. Great athlete, great horseman, such a nice guy, and a real pleasure to have him on Under the Saddle. Now, I'm sure you've already done it, but if you haven't, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you've got any ideas on who we should have on Under the Saddle, then you can drop me a DM on social media. Just search for Adam Cromarty. Oh, and if you're listening to this on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or any of the main platforms, don't forget there's a video version. Again, get on YouTube, search for Adam Cromarty. You'll find all that fun stuff on there. But that's it for now. We'll see you next time here on Under the Saddle.